The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Kapp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. So I was asking them out there what it is they'd like to talk about today. And the response I'm getting is, why don't you explain what you mean by out there? So first of all, take a deep breath and relax, and feel your vibration expanding. And let's do our mantra first, and you'll be ready to feel your loved ones right with you. We clothe ourselves in a robe of light composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom of divine consciousness. We wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact with it will be drawn to divine and healed. Don't forget to put in whatever wording, whatever concepts, whatever your heart asks you to put in. Like I've mentioned before, regardless of how I was brought up in terms of God or, or names of God or the avatars that are out there, when I'm channeling for somebody and I do this mantra before I start, I'll do the little additional one where I'll ask for support. And usually the guides or the relig religious people that they are wanting to have guide them and who they feel a connection to will come in even in the prayer at the beginning. So please do that for yourself as we move forward and say, please God guides people who are here for God's healing, both in body and out of body, angels, archangels, ascended masters, and here you put in anything you like. And nature, Yogananda, Jesus, Mary, Muhammad, Sai Baba, anyone that you would like to include. And we've already included people who are here for God's healing, both in body and out of body. That, in, that includes grandma, grandpa. Let's include the animals, any animals you'd like to have show up, whether you have soul animals that you're acquainted with or not, whether you have ones by your side in body and ones that you love out of body. It's nice to include all, all of the connection. And here's the thing. We all are connected in a way that best suits us and basically aligns with the soul memory of where we were before we came in. So we're talking about knowing and choosing where. Now, it doesn't mean we're always choosing a tough circumstance, but we do get help out there before coming in when we think about the things that we'd like to have challenge us to deliver the greatest growth. Now, some people feel like they were delivered exactly where they need to be, and other people feel like, as a child, that they were dropped from out of, out of space. And that doesn't mean that you didn't choose wisely. Sometimes people are alienated before they realize their connection. Sometimes people feel connected and then realize in a gut instinct that they're not as connected or the concepts or the dogma or what they're teaching them doesn't resonate. And so our biggest challenge or joy, depending on how you look at it, is remembering. 
and allowing our soul's wisdom to bring us back to whatever it is that we decided we were going to accomplish here in the earth state. Now, it's interesting because, again, we might feel like members of our family when we're young are not aligned with our goals at all and might not understand us. But it's interesting when you realize, and especially as we get older, that very often we become the parent to the parent. And as parents, when, when little humans come in, we're ready for them to teach us soul-wise because our consciousness is expanded to understand that they are little wizards and little magical beings that are coming from the state of consciousness that's expanded. They haven't been here so long. And like we've talked about before, they'll often babies will look above our heads and see people who are out of body, the people who held them before they came in. So we have all of this swirling around us. What does it all mean? What do we mean by guides? Some of you might be very well versed in this and others not so much. And of course, what I've learned is through, you know, I've read and I've studied, but most of what I've learned has come in through channeling. And I believe that channeling comes in in the most comfortable way for the receiver. And so how you channel, how you bring it in, and let's face it, we're all channeling, I believe, all the time. We have instinct, we have knowing, we have a hunch. It's happening all the time. But how we design it, has a lot to do with our personality and what we're comfortable with. It also has to do with the dogma we've been taught and the beauty of it and maybe the limitations that have been taught as well. There are a lot of religious people who might not feel that this is the healthiest thing to do. And while I understand that, that's one thing that I was very concerned about when I was younger when I was able to see people and tell people that, let's say, somebody's dad was with them and they had this to say, I was very concerned because it felt to me that there had been a lot of bi biblical conversation about how this might not be the, the most constructive thing to do. Well, I, I totally understand that since I've put together through channeling that how you reach that high vibration to commune with the people that you want to who are out there is by embracing everything on the earth plane to the highest degree. In other words, and I think we've already covered this, babies, laughter, crunchy, yummy things, chocolatey things, fruit, trees, just anything that raises kitties, doggies, all of those wonderful things, watching children play, they raise the vibration. So it's really an incredible equation when you think about that if we understand that by embracing the Earth's plane with gusto, with expansion and with joy, we're elevating our vibration, which allows us to communicate with our loved ones who have passed even more. That's a really beautiful equation, and it makes total sense to me. When I was younger, college age, and I had the good fortune of studying with Ellie Wiesel, the author, and oh God, I am so grateful for that, because when I finally mustered the courage to talk to him about the fact that I was able to see out-of-body people around him, if you're not familiar with him, he wrote the book Night, it's required reading in a lot of a lot of high schools and college courses, and he won the Nobel Prize for Peace. Um, he's a Holocaust survivor who basically bore witness, and he's written many, many books. And I had the good fortune of studying with him at Boston University. Whenever he would walk in the room, I would see a group of out-of-body people with him. And it happened all the time. And eventually, you know, the first semester, there were hundreds of kids in there, and um, I would just see this, and of course, I was afraid to even bring it up or talk to him. Second semester, it was a seminar in his office with about a dozen of us just hanging out and, and talking for a couple of hours in his teaching, and you can imagine uh, how, how honored I was with my good fortune to be in that room. Well, what started happening is not only would I see the people around him, I started picking up on his physicality. One day, my ear hurt as soon as he walked in the room, and he talked about how he was supposed to fly and go to Washington for something, and he couldn't because he had an ear infection. And I thought, oh boy, oh boy, it's, it's, you know, what do I do with this? The next time, it was in an elevator, and he walked on the elevator for during the break when we went back downstairs to the very bad coffee machine. And um, 
my throat started to hurt. And he said, oh, my throat hurts so much. So I, I gathered my, my courage and I made an appointment with him. And I told him what I saw. And then I told him what I was picking up from him. And I even thought of a line in case he told me I was crazy. I said, so please take better care of yourself because you're killing me. Because I thought he would tell me I'm insane. He, he said that his mother knew about these things. His rabbi and his little shtetl knew about these things. It had been predicted what was going to be and that he would survive and bear witness, um, to which his mother cried many, many tears. And it, and it came to be. So there are a few reasons I'm bringing this up. Um, one is that he told me that using this would never be an affront to any energy he felt that came from God, that it could be used to help people. It could be used to bring peace and to help people navigate during loss and to resolve and that I should never hold it back. And boy, that really changed my world. The other thing that I realize as I'm telling this story, I think all of us have had those feelings where we meet somebody and we have an overwhelming feeling or we feel like somebody else is there. I think all of us have had that. You feel a presence and you're not really sure. We tend to doubt our spiritual knowledge because we're trained as infants when we come here to divert our attention to the beautiful colors and the tasty things and the smiles and that beautiful mobile hanging up there, hopefully, and music and all of those beautiful things. And that's how we acclimate to the life's journey that we've chosen to take on. We are all energetic beings. Our souls came in. We took on this beautiful vehicle to drive around through life. It's a wonderful antenna system, like we've talked about, to let us know if our instinct tells us that, that something is off emotionally or physically, if we pay attention and listen. And it's subtle. And there are so many distractions on the physical plane that sometimes we'll feel something quietly nagging at us or tapping us or just feeling it out. Think about and take a deep breath the times where you felt a hunch, a feeling. Maybe that something wasn't right. Maybe that something was. Maybe that you wanted to talk to somebody or you could feel them clear as day and then the phone rings. We've all had that happen. It's interesting because we tend to think that because we're in the physical body and the mind is there navigating, again, the computer to put things in line and figure things out. Well, again, I always think of the platypus. Whenever we try and categorize too well, I think divine consciousness threw in something to confuse us and just say, you know what, we can... We can navigate whatever way makes us comfortable, but when we have limitations and we decide that things are only the way they're supposed to be because of previous ideas, if we look around, there's always there to take us out of that limiting consciousness into more expansion. When these experiences happened for me back in school with Elie Wiesel, I wasn't looking for them. I wasn't thinking about them. I wasn't trying to do anything. To be quite honest, it was a sense of awe. And it, I would just sit there and I would try and hear his words because you sure want to hear his words. But um, when, when you're able to see these things or perceive, and it's just like being distracted in any other way. I think a musician who's thinking about the music they're going to be playing later might have it running through their head or you know, so many things that we could be distracted by. It puts us in a different zone. It puts us in this, you know, the zone when somebody is singing, dancing, rocking a baby, in nature, any of those times where you lose your sense of time and you just are. And that's this wonderful sense of awe. And when we have that, our vibration goes up. So when Ellie Wiesel would walk into the room, even though I was in awe of him and his writing and afraid to talk to him and, oh, dear, what do I do about it? When I would see all of these people around him, and I didn't see them. At that point, I wasn't seeing full body anymore like I did when I was younger. It, they would like look like an auric field, and I just without the body inside, but then I could make out some of the features. And I realize now, we'll talk about that when we talk about the many, many, many ways to pick up and channel and how we do it and how 
there's it, there's no right way to do it. In fact, the newbies coming in, I believe, are relying less on their senses and they're faster. So there's no set way. I know so many of us say, oh, why don't I see yours? And why don't I see out-of-body people? I think our perception is open beyond the senses. And when we relax and remember something we've talked about also, that energy is our first language, it really helps us to let go of what the mind is trying to tell us to do. You see, what the mind wants us to do is to figure it out and take care of it and align it and make sense of it and to stay safe. If we think about channeling or communicating with our mind, we probably will run up against a wall with limitation, maybe other people's ideas. You know, Einstein said one of my all-time favorite quotes, you can live as if nothing is a miracle or you can live as if everything is a miracle. If we're inside these bodies and we're animating them, lift your arm up. Oh my goodness, there's not a string attached. When you think about what it is we can do, why would the mind think about what we can't do? And I know when we come in, we're brought up by you know, grown-ups who are trying to figure it out and grow up with us and make sense of everything. And so many times taking responsibility often means distraction from the unseen world and taking care of things here. So many people who have parents who are so well-intentioned and loving, but not understanding of the, the spiritual needs of what's going on. We, we often don't understand our own, let alone theirs. So when we understand that it's this feeling of awe, and when you look at a baby who's looking above your head at the out-of-body people who held them before, you'll see pure joy, pure recognition. And that's our birthright. There's no need for us to forget everything, although it does seem that through time that was a very beneficial thing to do so that we would focus on the life here. It seems what's channeling in now is that the life here, because of what's going on and the challenges that we're facing, are pushing us to go deeper into the spiritual side, connect and understand, and live in both realms. In other words, bring heaven to earth. The only way we can bring heaven to earth is through joy and love and expansion. Okay, maybe you're not feeling joyful all the time, but think about the love part. Think about what Alan said. We, we've talked about Alan, what he told his mother when he, when he was channeling in four years after he passed. He said, you're in so much pain because you love me. If you didn't love me, you wouldn't be in so much pain. So love is the prevalent emotion. You're listening to this because you love people out there and you love yourself enough to want to make the connection. You know, going and talking to my professor and, and explaining to him what I was seeing felt like a formidable task. I was met with such sweetness. He, he was so accommodating in the gentleness of how he handled what I was perceiving. And I think it was with great love and tenderness. And I understand now that the people who poo-poo it, so to speak, or push it away, well, of course, there's fear, there's learned behavior. But really think about it. When I was seeing all of those people around him, they're there with love. He's there teaching. And they're showing up. And they're giving strength. And I think they wanted to be seen. I really do. And I have a feeling that maybe others saw them as well. But then there was the seeing, the comfort, knowing that, of course, there is no physical death. And so many, he represents so many. And one thing that I always loved about Elie Wiesel is that he would say, if it's happening anywhere in the world, that's our business. It wasn't just the Holocaust. It wasn't just one group of people. It was everybody. It was the human condition. So while I was comforted by seeing all of these souls around him, I had this knee-jerk reaction as a student that I was going to be judged and how can I tell him this? And yet my instinct knew what was right. How fortunate I was, and actually I can feel him right here. It's interesting, he passed on the anniversary of my father's passing and um, that feels very special to me. I don't think he designed it that way, but it was, it's, it's very sweet when you find these correlations. But it's the gentleness and the, and the love and not the judgment I feel him saying that, that 
that's what we need to heal. When we understand that it's all about love and expansion, and he says, and repeating our story over and over so that people can understand that we're not coming to it from a place of judgment, but that, well, he wants us to know if we don't understand our own souls and our own soul's connection, how will we ever understand anyone else's? You know, he used to talk about in class that during the Holocaust, when he was in the camp, he would, he would look at the officers and he would think, at least I'm not them. Nobody can be in control of what's inside my mind, what's inside my soul. So I always felt, he said, fortunate. Think about perpetrators, think about, and we don't need to go to that extreme of that kind of perpetration, but think about people who are so distant from their soul's reality that they hurt themselves in so many ways. And how many of us with so much going on in the world turn to all, all kinds of self-preservation, whether that's you know some kind of toxicity or some kind of repetitive behavior that might not be the healthiest. And all of these things are a way for the mind to try and gather momentum and to keep us steady, or at least that's what the mind thinks. Vulnerability is the key to understanding what it is that we need and what makes us vulnerable. It's interesting, I was talking to somebody just this weekend who was going through a really hard time and they said the only time that they lost it was when somebody was kind to them. And I remember that going through the cancer experience, um, you know, you hold it together so tightly when you're going through something, when you're growing through a challenge. And the minute somebody is kind, it just shoots right through. It cracks you wide open. And I remember somebody once asking, um, are you okay? And I was picking up a prescription, and I, I lost it and had to run out of the store. It's the vulnerability. And you know what that's about? That's about connection. When we allow our vulnerability and we allow ourselves to have connection, I think now about Ellie Wiesel and, you know, was it a risk for him to talk about his reality in a world where most people did not see things that way? He knew that he was helping a kid that saw things very similarly. And that compassion and love was bigger than worrying about his reputation if people thought, well, woo-woo, he's out there. Think about the many times that you have, take a deep breath, felt something, known something. Maybe you were afraid to tell or talk about it. Maybe it started happening to you before you even had words for it. Again, I do believe that those of us who are interested in this, understanding this, integrating it, and living in this broader vibration, understood when we came in that they wanted to hold on to a piece of that even as we shifted. It's interesting, I heard a very interesting concept about, and I might have talked about this before, about living in the in-between, where you have one foot out there, I remember, you know, older people when I was young, oh, I have one foot in the grave. Well, I, I don't mean it that way. But I mean one foot or, or a bit of consciousness in the spiritual plane, even as we're living here physically. So what gives me the right to spout off? Who am I listening to? Well, my loved ones are out there, but I also listen to guides. And I know that there are a lot of people out there channeling wonderful, wonderful guides that they're channeling and wonderful channelers, and they have a name for who it is they channel. Some are collective consciousness. Some do it trans-channeling, and some do not. Some stay very conscious. It's interesting. I saw a medium. If you remember Shirley MacLaine many years ago, I think his name was Kevin Ryerson, and we went to see him, and I know he trans-channeled. And my physical mind, even though I channel, was looking for logic. Don't ask me why. I think it's just what we do sometimes. So he was explaining about the different entities that were going to come in and talk through him. And then he, he invited one in, and I was able to see Kevin and his work field around him. And I saw an out-of-body person next to him. And then Kevin shook, he vibrated, he jolted just for a few seconds, and I saw this out-of-body person merge right in there, and I thought, well, that's really crazy. Um, 
And then he talked, he had an accent, and, um, and then after that person went out, and he did this with a couple of other entities. And my brain immediately went to, yeah, well, I never saw him leave, Kevin didn't leave, so I don't know how that could have happened. I just don't. Notice how, how I was trained, even though I channel and I see these things. And then Kevin answered my question before I asked it. Um, he said, you know, it's an interesting thing. I don't go anywhere. I just kind of go to sleep inside me. And I thought, oh, there it is. I saw exactly what happened. And, you know, it. I, I question looking at something I hadn't understood yet. It wasn't the way I do it. So I was like, uh, no, I don't know if that. And I, th you know, it makes me wonder if you don't do it, then wow, <laughs> that's wonderful. I think a lot of us humans tend to do that. And one of the greatest things about getting older, let me tell you, is not worrying about what people think. And one of the most wonderful, wonderful things about allowing this to come in fully is that if you're going to help a stranger or talk to somebody or have something come in, you really have to let go of if people misunderstand you or you think you're foolish or maybe it isn't making sense. If you think about, oh, Einstein's laughing and he says, you know, think about every single invention, how many perceived failures how many perceived failures there are before the connection happens and then the world learns about it. So don't be shy about, well, don't be shy about downloading, but do try to minimize negating yourself or thinking that something can't be real because we're real. And that's a pretty big miracle in itself, wouldn't you say? So if you're sitting in a chair and you can animate yourself and you can take a deep breath and then you decide that you want to perceive con connection out there, you can do that. You won't die. Your body won't fall off the chair. You can expand your connection. What does that mean? Well, you know, when we sleep, all of us go out of body sometimes and we float around, we have visits and all kinds of things are going on. And sometimes we have Freudian dreams. There are probably so many things going on in our sleep state that we don't understand yet. So much of the body is being rejuvenated. Think about how it is so easy for us to slip into sleep. Well, hopefully if you're not an insomniac like me sometimes, but when we do fall asleep, it doesn't hurt. It isn't jarring. Not falling asleep can feel uncomfortable sometimes, but slipping into sleep. Think how easy that is, and we come back sometimes with information. Well, a lot of people, one of the first things they say when I'm about to channel for them is, I've asked them to come and talk to me, and I thought maybe it would be easier if they came in my sleep. One thing to understand in our sleep, yes, we, we our brain knows the language or languages we speak. But when we're out there, when we're expanding, when we're channeling, when we're playing, and when we're just loving the earth plane and raising the vibration, everything is energy. Love is energy. Love is a vibration. It is incredibly tangible and expansive and healing. You can hold it in a glass because it's everywhere, but you can't contain it. And... It's contagious. So when we understand that our primary energy is language, and that's the magic carpet that's going to bring us to our communication and our expansion, then we can realize something so concrete like, you know, I was able to, I think I felt, and the loved one out of body will channel in, oh, you can see me just fine, but you can't remember any of the words. You know we were talking, but you can't remember, but you can feel it. You can feel the, you know I was, you know I'm okay, but you don't remember the words. And most people will think, yeah, what's wrong with me? I didn't remember the words because that's my primary method of communication. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is when we're talking to other people. And when we talk to our kitties, they meow, or doggies, they bark, because that's their method of communication. Think about who we are as souls, our primary method of communication. Our language was learned after we came in. Our primary method of communication is energy, and that's the vibration of love. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When we're young, we come in with such an incredible instinct. We know, and as we're little and growing up, if something feels bad, we know it. It's like a kid sucking a lemon. They make that face. I don't know, some kids like lemon. But, you know, you ever get that feeling, especially remember when you were a kid, your hair stood on end and something didn't feel safe? You remember as you got older, you might walk in a room and it feels as if the energy doesn't quite feel right. All of these things are energetic. When we come in, that's our system. That's our our antenna system. And we learn the language. And oh boy, how many times have we heard or told kids, use your words so that we can understand what's going on for them. I, I remember one of the most exciting times bringing up little kids is when they would instead of repeating words they would say something that happened yesterday like zoo and and you know they're thinking about that it's interesting because you can have an idea of what's going on in the mind but the smile tells you that they're recalling the zoo because they loved it it was exciting Think about when you go somewhere special or you're with somewhere spe- someone special and, and you're in places or you're on vacation, how you feel that heightened awareness. You're ready to feel whatever is going on just because it, it, it's new and that those opportunities are there. If we go to a new place and we're looking around and we're seeing scenes that we've seen in books and we've always wanted to see them, yeah, the mind is downloading it. The mind, okay, now we've seen this and, and we always wanted to, but there's an energy. You remember back to when you when you daydreamed about it, when you were thinking about it. Think about how when we have this heightened awareness, if we sit and we just take a deep breath and we ask that feeling to come in, it's there and available for us. You see, when we go on vacation or we're with somebody that we haven't been with in a long time, that heightened awareness, we have the capability of doing that, but we're doing it in that case with an outside factor triggering it. What we need to realize and notice right now, take a deep breath. I think a lot of you are feeling just a little shift in energy. I can feel that for a lot of you, somebody has taken your hand. Notice the energy in your hands. What I felt before that, when I was going to talk about what's going on for people as you listen, I felt somebody draped around me. I felt somebody hugging me. I have a feeling a lot of you are feeling that too. Now, what's so fascinating is, of course, this is taped and you're not listening to it in real time, but you are. You're listening to it. You're listening to this in real time because as you're listening to it, Your loved ones are with you right now, right this moment. Feel how your energy wants to be drawn to them to connect. One of the most beautiful things I love doing when I I channel for somebody in person, if I close my eyes, I can still see it in my mind's eye. But when I'm channeling for somebody and their loved one comes in and as they're talking and it's in real time and they're going back and forth and usually the person in body doesn't have a chance to ask a question because the out-of-body person can feel it. Don't forget, if it's directed towards them, even if it's thought, if it's directed towards them, they can hear it. So usually they're answering questions before the person can even ask them, the in-body person. But I'll be watching the auric field of the out-of-body person coming in closer and closer And then I watched the arc fields of the in-body person expanding, reaching out, merging, sometimes even dancing with the out-of-body person. Like I've said before, channeling is fascinating, and we all do it in so many ways. I'm channeling words, but very often I'm told the words are a distraction to what you can feel. Feel that you're grounded here on the earth plane. You're safe here. Take a deep breath. Feel the energies that are surrounding you. If you like to think of a person, if it feels like it's coming in without pushing too hard, think of a person 
Maybe your gut is contracting now. Maybe you can feel your heart contract. Take a deep breath and realize that it's with love that you're asking for this communication. It's with love that you're asking for this reassurance. But remember, very importantly, that it's with love that you're giving the reassurance. Your energy, just like the person whose auric field reached out to, to blend with and hug the out-of-body person who is coming in to talk to them, to converse with them, you're doing that right now. Think of the love directed outward. We always think, oh my goodness, they're watching over us. Yes, they are. But we can watch over them, under them, see them, love them, perceive them in whatever manner best suits us. But one of the most important things we can do is understand the reciprocal love that's happening all the time. Even if there were misunderstandings, of course there are all kinds of circumstances. But for people that we had loving relationships with, even with their challenges, most people, while they were walking in the earth plane, and again, there are a lot of, <laughs> there, 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 there are a lot of, all kinds of situations that stray from what we would perceive to be the most lovely life we would have, and and the beautiful communication. But so many people are taught restraint, or categorizing, or disbelieving to a point where they don't even believe in themselves anymore. So how much can they share sometimes, even if they're well-intentioned while they're here? The beauty is, and what we've discussed before, is that once somebody is out of body, there is that life review. And the more we allow ourselves, our authenticity and expansion, even without the goal of, oh, I want to communicate and download what they say, just the idea right now, peaceful expansion, Take a deep breath, feel the shoulders dropping down. Feel all that space in front of the shoulders. Feel all that space in the heart area as it opens up. Feel the shoulders drop down like you have little birdie wings and they're falling down into place. Feel the energy in your hands. Feel that expansion. And notice that we're doing it right now, this minute, without any demands, just to be one with the energy that flows, the joy of that, the peacefulness of that. Doing this sometimes, even while we have such intense longing, and of course grief for those we love who are out of body, sometimes just sitting and allowing ourselves to feel what we feel, it's an invitation. And I'm, I'm told to say, picture the, the number eight lying on its side, like that infinity sign. And it's just flowing and flowing between us and those out of body. You know what happens. It's really contagious. You'll find if you do this, and if you like doing it for hours, that's lovely. But if you do it just for a minute, just for a minute or two, it shifts your energy to a point where others can feel it on the earth plane, and that feeling becomes contagious, and they might not know why, but they'll have a peaceful feeling. And of course, out of body, they're all around us, and they're helping us. And when we want to do it just to expand and feel our own en energy, they're respectful of that. Now take a deep breath in this relaxed state. And think of somebody you love, and you'd like to take their hands, and they'd like to take yours. And your hand can feel their intention, the sweetness of a visit, the sweetness of connection, and the love flowing through. Now the mind right now can jump and say, but I want dancers and I want signs. <sighs> take a deep breath. They're coming. Do you know it takes a lot of energy for our loved ones out there to manifest those signs? Now, hummingbirds, they're pretty high vibration, so it's pretty easy for them. Butterflies, too. They use all kinds of animals. They use electricity. They'll play with the lights. Well, now it's easier with dig digital technology. You see, the higher the vibration, the easier it is for them to come in and communicate and play with us and let us know that they're okay and what they're learning, and one of the biggest things 
is the letting go of the angst and pain, and they want us to do it too. We talked about that. Letting go of, of course, we have to process and get the therapy we need. Things happen, and they're real, and we want to be healthy on every level. So we're not negating that. But we're understanding that so many times people act in a way that was not their intention, whether there's toxicity or mental illness, and most people do have the desire for showing love, being a part of love, and oh, that's so hard for some people, feeling like they're a part of something. And so this is our invitation right now, as you're feeling love in this state. Yes, there's longing. There's everything you want to have happen as you expand. Take a breath. We're expanding for expansion's sake because, you see, if they're looking for a higher vibration to come through, hummingbirds are easy. Well, in Southern California, you can find one. I've had city kids talk about rats, and, and well, they, that could scare their mama too much, so maybe a squirrel. But people will try and find, and you know, here's the thing too, they'll, they'll find whatever is available for the highest vibration. See, the concepts are coming in quickly, so I'm stumbling over the words, because words are a limitation. <sighs> Take a breath and just feel. And if you're not feeling what you think you should be feeling, hug that thinker of yours and love it a bit and let it relax. It's doing what it needs to do. It's doing what it was trained to do. Get, don't get angry at your mind. When we're out of body, I'm told, when people are looking at a life review, they process it first with their mind. Oh, I can't believe I didn't say, oh, I didn't, I was. And, you know, so very often, like I've, I've mentioned before, people after the life review will come and talk to their loved ones and say, I have to talk to you about, I have to talk to you the way I talked about, about things before because that's the way you're going to know it's me. If I talk about where I am now, you'll say, that's not that person. Oh, no, I couldn't talk about those things with them. So they're in transition. We are, too. We're adjusting to life with people we love out of body. And nobody's really quite trained us for that. And there's a piece of us that can't hear it. And there's a piece of us that want to carry them with us in any way possible. And those ways can be healthy or not healthy, depending on, on how we do it. But the beauty is, what are the tracks of the train? What, are, what are, the, are the air currents? What is it that everything manifests and travels on? All the manifestations travel through energy. And what raises that vibration is love. So what we're doing right now, you might say, well, I'm just doing this and I'm not thinking about, you know, what, what the concept here is to think about it for joy's sake knowing that will, it will expand us and make it easier. Because, of course, if you're looking for hummingbirds as the easier vibration, take a deep breath. We bring our vibration up. I realized a long time ago, even though as a kid I always had spontaneous things happen, and sometimes they scared me, but as I got older and I grew more comfortable with it, I realized that sometimes I could just take a deep breath and feel that energy and allow what was going on and it wouldn't be so frightening. And then I realized when I started doing sessions for people or wanting to maintain it for hours at a time, and I'm blown away that that's allowed, but it, but it is. And we can do that. We all have the parts. Do most of us have the need for that? No. But here's the thing. When I would do my little mantra before I would start, I would ask my vibrational state to go up so that they could lower theirs a bit to whatever the need be, and we could maintain it for whatever amount of time they were looking for to get their messages across to the loved ones who are here. It's networking. We're all working together. When you're doing this, you're offering a pathway. You're rolling out the carpet that you're accessible. You're also asking, because you do the mantra, for it to be on the highest vibrational setting. What does that mean if somebody goes out of body with a lot of angst and a lot of pain? Well, we'll talk about that next. But here's the thing. We have an offering, and we know they do too. They love us. They watch over us. How many times will someone say, oh, I am watching over, and this, that happened the other day, and I was there, and I saw. They love to tell us 
who they were and how they were before going out of body. One of the most beautiful things they can do is talk about who they are and how they are now. And of course their vibration is higher. Their understanding is higher. They are without the physical body. doesn't mean they're perfect all of a sudden and they understand everything. They're in the process. They're in that in-between state, but the learning is still happening. Just because they're out of body doesn't mean they don't need us. Our love is divine. So many people tell me, you know, you think I, you shouldn't be channeling me. You think it's you're bothering me. And they say, Heaven wouldn't be heaven if we couldn't be with those we love. And they joke around, and, and a concept that comes in pretty often is, thank God you sleep, sometimes we dance with you, but when you're doing other things, it gives us time to expand. They're allowed to be in the vibration where they can access us while we're still in body. You see, soul families, there are always some in body and some out of body, and we always stay connected. They're doing their work out there, they're doing their expansion and they're visiting with the loved ones out there and they're resolving the issues that weren't resolved. And here's another thing. If somebody we love, a parent or somebody who helped guide us, had a pattern that might not have been the most functional but that they learned from their parents, you know what, rolls down the hill. Oh, snowballs, I suppose, and they get bigger. Think about it. When they're out of body and they have their life review and they have that opportunity to understand they might have perpetuated the pattern, but they learned it when they were young. And when they're ready to look at the parents' pa patterns, they're part of their life review. When they see it in them as a child, how they were conditioned, it opens us up to compassion. So many of us are blocked and we want to hug and we want to run and we want to cry and we want to share and we've been conditioned and we hold ourselves back. So when our loved one is out of body with that life review and they're looking at that and they're realizing they don't want to hold back, imagine us just sitting here expanding, making it a soft landing for wherever they'd like to come in and share and tell us that they're so sorry. A pretty wonderful guy is famous for saying, forgive them, they know not what they do. We need to apply it to ourselves and to other people. Now, we're not talking about really big extreme things out there where people are hurting other people. For that, of course, we need boundaries. But, and we need to keep ourselves safe. But in loving relationships, when the intention is good, but we've been conditioned, when we've been conditioned, you know, there's so many things I remember. I'm, I'm not so young. Children should be seen and not heard. God will punish you. All kinds of phrases. Think about these things. Are they logical? You know, where do they come from? Usually they're things that were taught through, through the generations. And if we take a deep breath, maybe we can help them relax some of the concepts that they're mad at themselves about for not being able to let it go while they were here. Maybe we'll have some compassion for ourselves if we notice the patterns we've picked up. And we realize that very often we pick up those, those patterns that we're not proud of or not happy about, well, because we're trying to please those of us, the, those, we're trying to please those who are with us and teaching us. And, and receive love. So even if something goes against our instinct, we don't like the other, or this is how we do things, initially it's to get love. Love is the root of all sweetness. Love is the root of all sweetness. So take a deep breath and feel that love and feel that expansion and know that no matter how dark, no matter how scary, and no matter how horrible some of the situations you've witnessed, have gone through, have had your loved one experience. It's hard to put words to some of these concepts, but sometimes energy, well, there, there are reasons why, you know, we have fight or flight, we, we, have, we have the hormones and everything in our body to tell us when to get out of a tough situation and to keep ourselves safe. And the mind likes to do that and keep us safe, and it's a wonderful job it's doing. But when we're safe, 
and we can take a deep breath and our mind is there to guide us maybe to not to go as far as maybe we don't need to go as far in one day but the mind is there as the backup to help us there are always people to talk to if we need some help with it but when we allow ourselves to be filled with light and with love we allow not just that soft opening and rolling out the carpet for our loved ones to explain themselves and help them absolve themselves from that which they didn't understand they were doing when they really just wanted to be about love. Allow yourself to feel this. Allow yourself to know that love is the dominant thing regardless of what happened, regardless of the imagery, and regardless of how somebody went out of body. We'll talk about that more as we realize that our loved ones who are past yet present are looking to heal with us. You might be feeling a little hug right now. If you're not, don't be dismayed. Just stay where you're sitting and take a few breaths and just know that whether you could feel it or not, your love is being felt and it raised the vibration. Until next time. Thank you for sharing this energy and space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at marilyncapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.